Business leaders told CBAM's Global Business Symposium, Green Business, Green Values, that change had to start happening sooner rather than later. This process of change needed to begin in the boardrooms of business. Jack Keenan is CEO of Grand Crew Consulting Limited. We must get back to trust. Uh, I, think, I think it begins with better corporate governance in the boardroom. And to get better corporate governance, we're going to have to have really independent directors who understand the businesses. We, we can't have an old boys network that goes shooting together in pheasant season. So it, it really is important that the banks, or indeed any company in the FTSE 100, has a high-quality board with, with good experience in that industry or related in, industries. And I think part of the problem with the banks is it was very hard to assess some of the risks because people didn't understand these toxic assets they were buying. Jack Keenan thinks risk assessments done well are the key to business success in the future. If risk assessment is not done properly, it can result in a profit downfall. I pointed out today at the uh, seminar that uh, actually within the combined code is a requirement for businesses to report twice a year to their board of directors the risk that the business faced in the years ahead to rank those risks and to put a, a pound sign against the risks. Uh, the interesting thing to me is that, that suggested if those risk assessments were well done, that profit sustainability would follow. Now, the issue that I identified in the talk is too often the risks are not properly mitigated, or in some cases the risks aren't understood, perhaps the case in a company like HBOS, which uh, had a ballooning balance sheet, uh, had a chief risk assessment officer fired by the CEO and a report that said the risk assessment officer was quirky and not a team player. And as I pointed out in the talk, well, bloody hell, he wasn't supposed to be a team player. He was the one that was trying to harness the team and to point out that the exploding balance sheet couldn't be financed anymore in the wholesale debt market. Jack Keenan thinks better corporate governance in the boardroom will recreate trust in business, but that there needs to be some fundamental changes in the way boardrooms recruit their members and operate before this rebirth can take place. Each major company has an uh, internal audit function. The functions alongside and parallel to the external auditors. Uh, the internal audit head, who usually is also the person in charge of risk assessment, reports actually to the non-executive independent director who runs the audit committee. And really, the, the audit committee uh, has the, the task of protecting the independent auditor, of protecting the internal auditor, and ensuring that the risk assessment process is, is robust and is being properly done. And uh, where the risk assessment process is not properly done, where you don't have proper mitigation of the risks with someone responsible on a timetable, then the job isn't being done properly. And if not done properly, it's absolutely worthless. The business crisis we're in, says Jack Keenan, is serious. He praised the work of Dr Christos Patelis, the director of CBAM, in organising the conference and suggesting the theme of sustainability and business. 
Dr. Patelis gave me the idea of taking the sustainability topic and applying it to boardroom profitability of uh, large corporations. And he suggested that we had to modify probably our corporate governance code in order to do that. Business ethics, it seems, have to change. Corporate social responsibility, say some, has sadly been little more than a public relations exercise for business. Michael Littlechild is director of Good Corporation. A lot of companies really uh, seem to still see uh, corporate social responsibility in a box that relates to some things that are really sometimes quite peripheral to the organisation, or they focus on things that like uh, recycling or... Uh, the way they treat their uh, workforce and so forth, but they don't actually see it as um, a part of how they do the business. Doing business, I'm talking about dealing with customers and being transparent with them and being honest and fair with them, not uh, mis misrepresenting their products, and also, of course, dealing with their suppliers, which is all about... Uh, selecting them properly and having good constructive relationships, paying them on time, um, and having partnerships with their suppliers. These things which are the sort of core of doing a business, buying and selling, um, are often left outside the arena of, of corporate social responsibility. There has, in truth, been cover-ups that have not been good for the customer base of businesses. I think one of the problems is, is it's very difficult for companies to resist, and they haven't really resisted, um, having seeing their um, CSR statements and their CSR reports, which now the vast majority of large companies produce, as a, commu as a positive communications tool. So it gets a bit hijacked by the communications team um, who see it as a way of, essentially, of a part of the promotional uh, good PR um, uh, policy of the com uh, activity of the company and so they um, it gets talked up basically and uh, there are there's a lot of focus on things that are sort of easy to talk about the projects they do with community organizations uh, some of their recycling schemes uh, um, the things they've done to uh, improve the skills of the workforce and much more um, and, and covering up things that are much, much more difficult to talk about and might they might even affect affect their business position, like um, how clear they are with their customers about their, um, about their products, um, how uh, well they deal with customer complaints, um, and uh, you know, w what the full extent is of the, uh, of the way they could reduce their environmental impact. So it's not just recycling, that's, that's easy to do. It's about things like uh, how you can get people to come to work in a way that uh, spends less gas with people coming to work in their cars on their own. These are much more difficult things to do because it uh, involves much more um, change to the way they're doing business. Um, so they tend to be rather partial in what they're looking at because they can talk that up more easily than some of the harder business issues. Green values, says Michael Littlechild, will help engender trust in business. And he thinks governments can help stimulate these values. Obviously, you're still going to have competitive markets, and I think that unless capitalism is going to come to a complete end, um, then that will always be the case. But there are a number of things on which companies can cooperate, typically with companies in their in their own sector, um, where they can collectively do good things. And there have been there are plenty of examples of things that have happened uh, in industries like the uh, things like the Marine Stewardship Council, the Forestry Stewardship Council, where companies have come together. Um, in certain sectors like building and so forth and the food industry to actually raise the standards of the industry as a whole which benefits everybody and it's much better done in a cooperative way on an industry basis. That doesn't stop them com uh, co um, uh, co competing with each other um, but it, there are some things that uh, will, will not 
um, uh, happen optimally if it's purely uh, done on a one company decides what it should do basis. So I think I, uh, in that sense, I think uh, Narina has hit a sound theme there. And and will that theme be picked up by corporations uh, without governments or others leading the way? Because one might say, well, you know, corporations are self-interested, they they follow markets, and, and, you know, unless something catastrophic happens, they're not going to change their behaviour. Well, I think government can act as a stimulus and and act as a facilitator in this process. But I actually think some of the most interesting things have been happening on an industry basis, so by sector associations and so forth, who've come forward with with um, better ways of doing things and setting standards for the for their industry as a whole, which clearly benefits everybody in this industry. Business pressure groups are helping to speed up the pace of green business change. Anne Pettifor is the executive director of the New Economics Foundation and the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal is an attempt to integrate thinking on finance and economics together with thinking about um, peak oil, the issues of energy and and the threat of climate change and to integrate the way in which we approach this. It's also an attempt to bring together different strands of society, the green movement, the labour movement, but also industry, uh, people that work in in the productive sector. Um, And in particular, because we're so concerned about the role of the finance sector, in, in, in uh, making life difficult for all of us in raising the funds and paying for the investment that's needed to tackle climate change, uh, peak oil and indeed the financial crisis. The days of easy money, easy consumption and easy debt, says Anne Pettifor, are over. She says there's a link between high rates of carbon emissions and the availability of credit. Through the period of liberalisation, um, money credit became easy to get hold of. Um, that fueled consumption, and consumption in turn fueled emissions. And we believe it's really important to integrate that thinking to understand that, that there's a link between high rates of emissions and easy credit, easy money. Finance should become a servant to the economy, not its master. Regulating finance and changing the taxation system will create new green business values in the future, says Anne Pettifor. The first step that we'll have to take is to manage and regulate and subordinate finance to the interests of the community as a whole and also to the interests of the ecosystem. We've just lived through a period where finance was dominant in the economy. We're now going to live through a new era in which finance is going to be servant to the economy, not master. I think that, for us, is the first step that will need to be taken. And then we're going to have to, having managed to mobilise the finance and the resources needed, we're then going to invest. And we must, of course, invest in everything that's so obviously needed, retrofitting our houses to make them, to insulate them, uh, investing in alternative energy sources, and, and all of the things that are needed to enable us to, to tackle climate change, lower emissions, and restore the world to some sort of um, ecological stability. Yes, because you talked about the Green New Deal and the New Economics Foundation not be about being about enslaving finance by nationalising the banks. You, you Indeed, yeah. you don't want to do that. Yeah. You talked about transforming our tax system. No, exactly. I mean, we, we don't think it's necessary to nationalise the banks. We want the finance sector to be servant, not slave to the economy. Um, but we do think that a regulatory framework will enable the finance sector to manage its, the, the regulation of finance far better. So what will the key drivers for change in the future be? Sir Crispin Tickell says leadership will play an important role both in business 
and for governments globally. What I distinguished at the end was um, saying that you had three things that bring about change. One is leadership, and that I think I'm not sure we've entirely got at the moment, but we're going to see whether it does, because that's happened in the past and it's very important for the future. The second thing is when people press governments and press business and press the whole community to change. That, I think, is happening, whether it's happening enough and sufficiently broadly, I'm not in a position to say. And I also refer to the third factor of a change of benign catastrophes, which is when something goes attributably wrong and you can point to something um, having an effect and say that was because you did that wrong, then the result was as it was as it, as it came out. I hope very much that we shan't have any benign catastrophes, as I call them. At the same time, I think that that is something we must be ready to face. Together, those three factors for change have worked for change in the past, whether it be in China or in India or in Europe or anywhere else. And um, I think that with the new US president and new attitudes towards change taking place, I'm fairly optimistic that it will work out in the end as it should. Dr Norina Hertz agrees and says green business values are the key to the future. Even in the most traditionally anti-government regulation economy, the United States, the latest surveys show that over half the population now expressly want the government to intervene in the free market. This is a seismic shift. And whilst initially we're seeing government intervention um, in banks and government intervention in the form of nationalisation or restrictions on pay and bonuses, I think this is really just a foreshadowing of what's going to come because any industry that is seen to be acting against the public good really in this new era will be in the line of fire. Um, the fast food industry, which is putting incredible strain on our health services because of the growing obesity problem, um, pharmaceutical companies, which are not delivering medicines at affordable costs, polluting industries that are destroying our environment are all industries which now the public will expect governments to intervene in. And governments who will want to win votes will do so. The CBAM Global Business Symposium, Green Business and Green Values, brought light minds together. They shed light on the true magnitude of change global leaders have to face up to, to provide heavyweight thought leadership on how business leaders and governments need to adapt and change. A new green global realism is set to enter into business ethics and values in the future. Delegates thank Dr Christos Patelis, the director of CBAM, for organising the conference. Music